past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello, and welcome to The Career Confidant in this new year, a new year show, and everybody is all abuzz about their New Year's resolutions. And of course, we know the problem with New Year's resolutions is that more than 80% of them people don't end up following through with. And why does this happen? We're going to talk about that a little bit today, but mostly we're going to talk about some of the tips and tricks that you can use to achieve your goals this year if you have something that you'd like to achieve. And four years ago, it's hard to believe now that, oh, maybe five years ago, five years ago, five years ago, I did my first show on this radio channel on this topic with a guest who talked about the difference between intentions and goals and resolutions. And it was an awesome show. So I'm going to post the link to that show around this week as well. If you're listening to this show, you can go back and find that show from January 14th, 2014. Seems like ages ago. How's that even possible? Um, But if you want some more on this topic, go back and listen to that show because it was really great and the differences between intentions, goals, resolutions, and how we can make all of those work for us with my colleague, Chuck Hancock, who is a counselor and really powerful stuff. Today, let's talk a little bit more about how you can make these resolutions work for you. And I'm going to talk about that in a framework of goals, because really goals are what we achieve. Resolutions, part of the challenge with a resolution is that oftentimes they're kind of undefined. Is it a goal? Is it a vision? Is it aspirational? You know, what is it that we're talking about when we talk about a resolution? And what does that look like? Most of the time it's pretty undefined. So I would encourage you to forego, perhaps, the resolutions and instead think about setting goals. The idea behind any goal really is that you have a desire. You have the desire to make a change, to do something different. There's a vision of some different future state. Unfortunately, a lot of times when we're setting a goal, that's kind of where the goal setting ends. We have this vision of future state. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to change my job. I want to be doing more of this, less of that. Whatever it is, we have this vision and we confuse that vision with a goal. They're not the same. A goal has some kind of action plan to get to it and has some specificity, if that's the right word, around it. So when I think about a goal, I'm a big fan of action or process-based goals, not of outcome-based goals. 
what you really need, of course, is both. So I'm going to lose 20 pounds and I've got some vision around that. I can feel how good it's going to feel, whatever vision exercise I want to do around it. But then I also need the action plan to get there. I need milestones. I, I need the pieces, the details that make up that long-term goal. Otherwise, what happens is I set this goal, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, I'm going to feel great. And even if I've told myself I'm going to lose 20 pounds by two weeks from now, two months from now, whatever is my goal, if I don't have action plans and milestones and ways to check in on that, what happens is that I wake up tomorrow and I haven't lost 20 pounds, so I get defeated, I feel frustrated, and most of the time I stop taking those actions. Whereas when we set those action-based goals, then tomorrow I can say, yes, I took that action yesterday. Yes, I achieved that yesterday. I did that step yesterday, and it gives me that momentum to keep moving forward. So in weight loss, that might be, I'm going to track my calories every day, or I'm going to put my food into this food app every day. And they've actually shown that the best way to maintain your weight, to control your weight, is to write down what you eat every single day. That doesn't mean that you necessarily have to track your calories, because most of us can kind of um, assume that if we've eaten three pieces of pizza, and two pieces of cake, and drank a soda, we know that we're over our calorie limit, right? You don't have to necessarily track the calories, but the best way to maintain your weight is to write down what you do every day. And that's because then it becomes that process-based goal. Every day I'm checking in on it. Every day I'm thinking about the inputs that I'm putting in that are causing the bad output. Weighing yourself, not the best, because then you're just seeing the best, the, the output, which you have control over but not as much control over as you do the inputs that you put in right so when we think about this and whatever goal you've set for yourself for the year what are the process-based goals that you can set what are the actions you want to take every day and how can you make those the bigger part of your focus the bigger part of your goal your resolution and tracking that every day instead of being focused on the outcome so when we think about the change process and how change works, um, I want to talk a little bit about Prochaska's stages of change. And this is the idea that there's a process to change and that we can kind of follow through the process of change and think about where we are and, and how we can use this to move ourselves forward. If you're thinking about change, congratulations, you're already well into the process um, because of course the first few phases of change are just thinking about what we wanna do. So the first stage here is pre-contemplation where we're resisting change. So this might be your person who um, smokes that doesn't even want to consider that there's anything wrong with it that can pull up the wonderful data that shows you there's nothing wrong with it right it, it they just will never even have the thought cross their mind that there's something wrong with 
smoking and that's your pre-contemplation. Contemplation is where they're starting to think that something might be wrong with smoking um, in their own mind. Not because anyone else is telling them, but in their own mind. Preparation is building that plan. What are you going to do next? Action, of course, is actually doing the, the change, changing our behavior, and then maintenance, that active process of choosing to do the new behavior every day. And this is most commonly used when people think about addictions. But the truth is that any change we want to make requires this much thought and if we don't do it we end up sinking back into our old behavior and I want you to think about the behaviors that might be getting in the way of whatever change it is that you really want to make let's say that you want to lose weight what are the behaviors that are getting in the way of that maybe it's lack of exercise maybe it's um, eating too much maybe it's whatever it might be for you drinking too much soda In your career, maybe you want to make that change of moving into leadership. So what are the behaviors that are getting in the way of you moving into leadership? Maybe you take on lower level tasks without thinking about how you could get out of that, (laughs) how you could do them differently, how you could get into a different role. Um, Maybe you are on your phone in meetings. there's some behavior that's probably getting in the way of achieving that goal. And how can you change that behavior? How can you identify what that behavior might be and then start to change it? When we start to change our behaviors towards others, then the challenge also becomes that they want to put us back in our place. So not only are we dealing with our own process of change here, but especially when we start taking those actions, it's going to make that maintenance phase even more critical because we're going to get pushed back. Let's say that I'm usually that person who takes on the administrative tasks, even though it's not really part of my job, and it is preventing me from being seen at a higher level and getting tasks that are at a higher level. So this might be, I'm a project manager, but I always find myself taking the notes in a meeting and sending them out afterwards. Maybe that's getting in the way of people seeing me as a delegator, as a leader, as that person who's at a higher level. How can I get out of that? What are the behaviors I need to change? Logistics, obviously, there in terms of actions. And then when I start to get the pushback from other people, how am I going to stay in my maintenance phase? Maybe it's that my communication isn't great and I'm not following through on things or I'm not um, communicating well or I'm not delegating, whatever those behaviors might be that are preventing me from achieving my career goals. And if I'm in job search, an active job search, of course, there's a million different things I might be doing as part of my job search and I can evaluate which ones of those do I want to change. But when we really get down to it, The how-to of job search, the how-to of communicating usually isn't our problems. We know what we should do. It's figuring out how to do it in a way that works for us and then consistently doing it, which usually means changing a behavior and we're not doing it because we don't want to change that behavior. We don't want to change our schedule, we don't want to change how we focus, we don't want to change how we work. There's something getting in the way there. 
And we'll go through a few more examples as we go today. I want to talk about some of the most common resolutions, some of the most common career resolutions, and how we might use this process to make them more successful this year. So we're going to talk about those resolutions, we're going to talk a little bit about goals, and we're going to talk about some of the underlying processes that make us successful in executing change, especially change in our behavior. We'll take a short break and kick off. We're going to talk about happiness, happiness at work, happiness in life as our first popular resolution when we return in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice of America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about New Year's resolutions. And one of the most common ones that I hear has to do somewhat in some way with happiness or satisfaction. I want to find a new job so I'm happier. I want to lose weight so I'm happier. I want to do this so I'm happier. I want to do that so I'm happier. And then people are just starting to make the resolution. I want to be happier, which is actually a good progress in the idea of happiness. So here's a few thoughts. First, it's okay not to be happy. It's it's all right. It's actually better for us if we experience all the range of emotions, right? This is Brene Brown's work is kind of building this up in our society in the last few years that you actually can't experience happiness if you don't allow yourself to experience other emotions, sadness, grief. 
we in our society don't like other people to experience those things. Um, I've actually heard people say, oh, this person's always talking about their son who committed suicide on Facebook. Like it's this negative thing that that person wants to express their feelings and express their grief to their community. Maybe Facebook's not where you think they should do it, but it's okay for them to have that feeling. It's okay for them to express it and the more we can be okay with us and with others expressing those feelings, actually the happier we can be. So if you want to be happier, there's some things we can do on that front. And it's not going to work to deny your other emotions to get there. And it's not going to work to deny when your basic needs aren't being met. Uh, My producer was telling me that you can hear my baby crying in the background. And that's you know, that's basic need. The nanny's trying to get him to sleep and he doesn't want to sleep. And that happens when um, we're at a certain point in life. Although those of us who are older can't imagine a day when we cried about having to go to sleep right now, most of us would uh, pay good money to have nap time in the middle of the day. If our basic needs are being met, sleep, food, you know, we're more likely to be able to be happy. One of the basic needs that people don't necessarily think about, but it is a basic need, is the feeling of belonging. And for a lot of us, that's why we're unhappy, especially at work. Um, But perhaps in our grander scheme of life as well, because we don't have a group of friends, Um, perhaps because we haven't taken the time to nurture those relationships and they've kind of fallen apart um, perhaps because we don't put any focus on them and perhaps because technology is getting in the way people are always big on that when they talk about especially certain age groups whatever it is for you if you're feeling like that sense of belonging that fairly basic need of, of sense of belonging might be getting in the way of your happiness start there reconnect Go see friends, have lunch, go out after work with those people who really matter, not just the people who you're trying to build relationships with for work stuff, although that is part of it too. But nurture those relationships. Nurture relationships at work with people you really want to connect with and build relationships with and reconnect and make time for your relationships outside of work. There's a lot of data and a lot of talk going on right now that validates that this is probably at the core for a lot of us around our sense of unhappiness. We're not meeting that basic need because a lot of us don't think about it in that way. And our core family, our spouse or significant other and kids can't fill that for us. So if we're working and family, and that's it, we may be missing out on that sense of belonging. How can we get more of that at work? How can we get more of that outside of work to really build up our community and our our sense of happiness? The next step here is that happiness at some level is also a choice. We choose every day what to focus on, and we choose really whether or not we want to be happy. Are we going to be focusing on those things that make us happy? Are we going to be focusing on that thing that's getting in our way of being happy? Where you focus and how you focus makes a big difference in your level of happiness. 
This doesn't mean that we don't pay attention to the things that aren't working for us and we try to be happy all the time. But it does mean that we get to choose, I'm going to be unhappy about this, I'm going to grieve, I'm going to cry, I'm going to be angry, whatever it is that that feeling needs to happen. And then we can choose when we move on and, and move into something else. It doesn't mean that that feeling goes away, especially if we're grieving or have something serious going on. But we can also choose to enjoy the next part of our life, the next moment in our day and move forward with that. One of the excellent kind of actions that you can take in the action phase of change here, if you're wanting to be happier and to change your behavior, if you find you tend to focus on the negative and you tend to be unhappy on a regular basis, an action that you can take is gratitude. We did a whole show on gratitude a few weeks ago, but it's really just that idea of appreciating things throughout the day putting it in your calendar, writing it down, doing a journal, whatever it might be to help you focus on those things that you're grateful for instead of focusing on the things that you're unhappy about. Gratitude can also go hand in hand with being more in the present moment. So being grateful for things when they happen, as they happen, instead of thinking about the past so much or thinking about the future we tend to get stuck in past or future mode depending on our personality and being grateful having gratitude and helping build a gratitude practice that's focused on the present so things that help you be grateful for what you're doing as you're doing it or what's happening as it's happening can really improve both our gratitude practice as well as our happiness because we're more in the current moment instead of being angry about what just happened in the past or being worried about what's going to happen in the future. So those actions that you can take towards happiness, uh, again, a gratitude practice, being more in the present moment, maybe even just recognizing that gratitude is a choice You might find some kind of reward for yourself as you start to make that commitment towards happiness. That's one of the maintenance phase activities is a reward. If there's some kind of reward for being happy, that would be great. Um, Maybe it's a walk around or a break or a conversation that you want to have some kind of good reward for yourself. And then also countering is one of the processes in maintenance, simply that when you find yourself thinking negatively, you stop that thought train, maybe even have a visual stop or a real conscious mental stop of that thought train and counter your own belief, counter your own thinking. Remember that happiness is a choice. Remember that you can you can be happy in those circumstances. And if you're thinking about changing jobs or you're unhappy with your job, this may be a good practice for you. Some gratitude, some appreciation, having to write down what you do enjoy about your job, which will actually help you as you think about moving forward, 
but it might help you just every day not be so miserable where you are because you're being thoughtful and conscious about recognizing those things that are good. This oftentimes is applied to romantic relationships because romantic relationships can have the same issue where there's not really a problem and start until you start to create one right where you focus on the negative and the person the fact that your partner chews loud just grates on you and grates on you and grates on you well you're choosing to focus there and if you choose to focus somewhere else or find a simple solution like playing music while you eat you can counter those small little erosions that are happening every day to your happiness and to the connection between the two of you. You can apply the same thing to work. First of all, that it's your choice every day when you wake up, whether you're excited about work or not. Can you find something to be excited about with work? Find it, hold on to it, use it every day. It's your choice and you can strengthen your relationship with work just like you would with a human by doing these actions by thinking about it that way by countering it when you're feeling like you're devolving into that negative spiral you have control over that and you can you can do that now let's say that you actually do want to change jobs you can use these two tips to be happier every day at work which will help you as you decide to make a change because people typically like to hire people who are happy And there may be some actual steps that you want to take towards making that change in your work. So we're going to focus the next segment on digging in deep there. What do you do if you want to change your work? If you want to change what you do? First step, background here before we even go there, is to figure out what it is that you need to be different in your job. If you're in a very negative mindset, this can be a challenge because typically the responses I get when people are in a really negative mindset around job change or or changing careers is all the negatives. I don't want this. I don't like that. I can't do this anymore. And those are fine. Get those out. Write them all down. And then start to recognize the things that you do like in your job, the things you do want to do more of. Having a list of those positives Two, will make it a lot easier when you start to dive into really focusing in on making a change either in a job or in a career and changing to do something different. If you're too focused on the negative, it can be really hard to find what it is that you do want. Get all those negatives out and then start on a daily basis recording those positives. What is it that you do like? What do you want more of? What would you like to do that you see other people getting to do? In whatever way you can get at those positives, start recording them so that you have something to build on as we move into the next step and making that job or career change. We're going to take a short break and we'll come back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you tapped your full potential as a leader? Sometimes you have to go a little deeper and connect with your inner force. Join host Angela King as she invites you to discover something that already lies within you and helps you become a better leader. Your most important connection is the one you have with yourself. It's time to connect, ignite, and rise. It's time for Inner Force. Tune in live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about some of the more common New Year's resolutions and how you can make them more successful for yourself. So we talked about happiness and some ways that you can implement more happiness. That might not be the right phrase. (laughs) The way you can get more happiness in your work, in your world, wherever it is that that might be your goal. And now we're going to move into talking about career or job change. Interestingly here, a lot of people um, think that they are ready for a job or career change, but they're actually more in that contemplation stage. So remember, contemplation is that you're thinking about making a change, but you really aren't ready to commit to the action it's going to take to get it done. And the next stage after contemplation is preparation. Sometimes people will start to do preparation for a job search when they really aren't ready for it. Um, and they're not really going to be productive because they haven't hit that rock bottom, if you will, in the addiction world of I've got to do something different. Unfortunately, what happens to a lot of people in their career life is that they stay in contemplation and maybe waver between contemplation and preparation 
and never really make a change. So they're not really happy. They're just kind of lukewarm. And then they get laid off. And now they have to steamroll into action when they weren't really ready and it wasn't their choice. Here's what this looks like when I see it. So talking to an engineer who's been an engineer for 10 years, wants to get into a more leadership role and wants to do that, but doesn't really have the push, right? Doesn't have anybody saying you're going to get fired, um, kind of likes the job, has an interesting project every now and then, gets paid well, has freedom. So there's all these things that make it okay to just stay in this lukewarm bath. And yet there's this little piece pretty frequently that says, I'd like to be doing something else. That's contemplation. That is the definition of contemplation. Whether you're a smoker who every once in a while you remember, oh yeah, this is going to give me lung cancer, right? It's that I know this isn't good for me, but I'm not quite motivated enough to do something different with it. My guess is that a large portion of you listening to this recording right now are in contemplation or some going back and forth between contemplation and preparation about finding a new job. Because research shows 60% or more of the population is in this stage about their job. So if you want to move yourself from contemplation to preparation, here are some ways that you might do that. First, kind of combined here, a few of these conscious raising and emotional arousal. So you can build a really powerful vision about the positive things that will be in the next job. So really think about, this is what I'd get to do. Write it down. Make a vision board. Write it out. Really envision what that would look like. How your life would be different. Not just how the job would be different, but how your life would be different. And get as much emotion in it as you can. It's really got to be emotionally arousing that vision of what the next job will look like. You have to really be able to feel how your life will be different, feel how that job will be different. It's got to be powerful, powerful stuff. The other thing you can do, and this may not be such a popular thing, but the emotional arousal piece of this would say it could help, it could work, is to not let go of the negatives so easily of where you are right now. So that might look like somehow capturing what isn't working for you in this current job. Downside there is that you're going to be a little bit more unhappy because it's going to be more evident to you that this isn't the right job. Upside is that you might start to feel the pain enough to actually do something about it. So you could try it, see what you think. If it just is making you unhappy and it's not being productive, let it go. 
that positive vision is great, but boy, it's got to be powerful to make it move, make us move towards it. We're actually more likely to move away from pain, um, but most of us don't want to inflict pain upon ourselves. So that's a hard uh, road to hoe there in terms of getting yourself to move along the trail. Start with the positive, really build that vision. And if you find that you're still not able to keep yourself motivated, you can try one of the other strategies we're going to talk about here, or you might try this kind of making yourself more aware of the pain thought. Self-reevaluation. So really looking at what is it that I want? What is it that I'm looking for? Getting really clear about your strengths, your goals, your vision for yourself, your vision for your career, continually coming back to and being reminded of those self-evaluation pieces can also help you keep your momentum and be clear about where you are and where you're headed. So consciousness raising, emotional arousal, and self-reevaluation are all tools to help you move through contemplation and preparation. Once you're into preparation, of course you have the nuts and bolts of a job search or career change, right? Your focus, what do you want to do? What skills do you want to use? Where do you want to work? What do you want to do more of? How do you work best? What types of environments do you want to work in? There's a lot to uncover in that preparation stage if you're going to make a job search or career change. That is the how-to, but then there's the emotional piece that goes along with it, and that's the piece that gets most people stuck. Building a vision, yeah, great, I can do that, I can think about it, but actually stepping out and networking or applying to jobs or, um, you know, applying to jobs online might be easy, but that's not getting me anywhere. It feels productive, um, but I'm really not in the action stage if those are the only actions that I'm taking because those actions are such low risk, low reward, and I know that. I'm doing it because it's just making me feel like I'm taking action when really I'm, I'm not taking that much action. When you start to take real actions towards your job search, when you start to reach out and network, when you start to apply on, online, um, don't make the rewards too big for that, but little rewards for that are okay. When you really start to research companies Make strategic networking connections. Ask for strategic introductions. When you really start to push yourself out of your comfort zone into your job search, doing the research, doing the networking, making the stretch connections, then start to use the change processes that help you keep that momentum. Once you're in action, your rewards you're countering. So if you find yourself backsliding or talking yourself out of networking or talking yourself out of reaching out to that contact, counter that. 
nothing in your job search is going to happen unless you take those actions. It's not going to happen by magic. No one's going to come and recruit you away, especially if you've been thinking about this and kind of poking at it for a while. No one's going to come and recruit you away and magically whisk you away to that new job. No one is going to do it for you. Applying to a position every now and then online is not going to fix it. So when you start to eke back into those practices of being small, of thinking small, of only applying online, counter those beliefs for yourself. Write it down. Write down that those don't work. Remind yourself that you have to do the tough stuff. You have to do networking. You have to reach out, make connections at the companies you want to work with, strengthen connections at the companies you want to work with. You have to do the work. And when you start to slip or feel yourself self-slipping, counter those beliefs, counter those thoughts, and then reward yourself when you step out and take the actions you know you need to take. Environment control, so they talk about this obviously in weight loss, right? If you've lost a lot of weight and you're trying to maintain that weight, you don't keep things around that are going to get you in trouble. If you're an alcoholic and you've gotten out of alcohol, you don't keep that around, you don't go to the bar, you don't hang around those people. In job change, environment control might look a little bit different. It might be building some consistency with new environments that encourage you to get out of your shell. I don't usually recommend that people go to cocktail networking events and et cetera. Those aren't necessarily the best places to network for a job change. But if you find that going to those reminds you to network, reminds you to get out of your shell, then they may be a good opportunity. What environments help remind you to do things differently? And then, of course, the helping relationships. Once you've started taking new actions towards job change, it's not going to happen right away. You could be doing everything right, and it still isn't going to happen right away. You could be taking all the right actions for your job search, and it still isn't going to happen right away. I talked to a colleague um, before the holidays who's working with a client who's doing everything right taking all the right actions. She's networking. She's making strategic connections. She's researching companies, making more strategic connections. She's doing everything right. And it hasn't resulted in a job yet. That doesn't necessarily mean that she needs to do something different. It may just be that she needs to keep doing that until something clicks. Sure, she can reevaluate. She can make sure she's taking the right actions. She can look at it if there's different ways she can do the things that she's doing in a little bit different way. But when it comes right down to it, she just needs to keep taking those same actions. The same way that we need to eat healthy every day to maintain our weight loss. The same way we need to not drink every day to not lapse out of alcoholism, right? The same thing is true with our careers and career changes that we want to make. We just don't think about it that way. So you might be doing everything right and you're still going to figure out ways to do it consistently until the change happens that you want to see happen. What relationships are going to help you do that? Is there a mentor? Is there a coach? 
who's going to help keep you on track so that you can continue to do the things we know you need to do to get where you want to go in your career. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, close this up, tie a ribbon around it, talk about one last common resolution, and we will end the show. So we'll see you back here in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about resolutions, but really how can we turn those into goals? And we spent some time tackling two of the more perhaps obtuse ones that I hear around happiness and around changing jobs or changing careers. A lot of the other resolutions that I'm seeing and hearing are good because they're actually more action-based. So develop new skills, learn more, ask for a raise. Those are all action-based already, which is great. That's what's going to make them more successful. Then you can kind of operationalize them in terms of get more specific. When do you want to do it? How do you want to do it? Get your language, make an action plan, but at least those are already more specific to begin with. This is going to make them more successful. You've probably heard of SMART goals, specific, measurable, actionable, 
realistic, time-bound. If you have a something that you feel like is a pretty actionable resolution, apply those to it and you'll be well on your way to actually making it happen because you can create that plan. Some of the other good ones that I've seen um, take chances or take more risks or you know, get out of your comfort zone, whatever you want to call it. You're going to have to put some more specifics around that. It's a good thought. What does that look like? How do you want to do it? One of the other more kind of foundational ones that I see people talking about in a roundabout way, but I'm just going to say it flat out here, is get better at relationships. Some I've seen say, be a better leader or improve your communications or you know, be a better networker. It's really about relationships. And we don't tend to take enough time to focus on relationships. Sometimes it's because we don't know how, especially if we're introverted, right? We raise our little hands. We don't know how to talk to people. We don't know how to have the conversation when it's not awkward. Um, best advice I've heard on that is go into the conversation with the simple and only goal of having a conversation with that person, learning more about them, having a conversation, no other agenda. That might sound counterintuitive because you think, oh, that's going to be awkward because there's not an agenda. Most of the time, conversations are awkward because there is an agenda, right? If you're really wanting to build relationship, it can't be about an agenda. It's got to be about relationship, wanting to get to know that person, wanting to understand who they are, how how they became to be what they are, whatever it is that you can think about in terms of going into a conversation without an agenda. It might feel awkward at first, but try it and see what you think. Sit down and really look at your quote unquote network, personal and professional. Who are the people that you need to reconnect with? Those people that you love to hang out with, but for some reason you just haven't done it in a while. Your friends, even extended family, reach out to them. Set a lunch date, set a play date, set a drink date, whatever it is. Focus on those relationships. Cultivate those relationships. Set some specific processes and actions around it. Get a list. This is my personal network I want to reconnect with. This is my professional network I want to reconnect with. These are some people that I want to get introductions to. Start with the personal, professional that you already know. Nurture those relationships. And then ask those folks to make the connections to the people that you want to get to know. Do it systematically and yet authentically and with the genuine a goal, I guess, to connect, to build relationships, to get to know that person better. That alone will make you a better leader, especially, of course, if you're doing it internally. Connect to people, learn about them, communicate with them. You'll be a, be- you'll be a better leader. You might have other things you need to do also, but just doing that will get you set on that path. It will make you happier. And it will probably help your job search too. Relationships, really the basis of everything that is success in our life and in our career. And yet for some reason, tend to fall to the end of the to-do list 
on a regular basis. We're too busy. We've got too much to do. And, and we don't have time to focus on those relationships. When we think about what makes us the happiest in our day, when we think about what helps us get through a hard time in our career, it's always those relationships. And so take some time, set aside one of your goals for this year and figure out how to make it a relationship-based goal. Look at the relationships that it's going to require and nurture those relationships, not because it helps you get to that goal, but because it helps you recognize the importance of those relationships. And sometimes that's what we need, right? That's uh, emotional arousal around the importance of those relationships. What do they mean to us? How do they help us? And in both a personal and a professional way, can help us commit to the change in our behavior that's going to be required to maintain those relationships. And really, it's about focus. It's about knowing that they're important and not losing sight of that with our our busy lives. And you can use social media to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. Instead of just liking someone's post, engage, really write something meaningful to them. And then, of course, take it offline. Meet with them, connect, have a conversation, and build those relationships for your own happiness, for your own career happiness, for your own life happiness. And guess what? You're also going to be bringing happiness to that other person because they're too busy and they haven't thought about it but they will feel better after having a real connection with you in person as well. I'm excited about the opportunity to connect with so many of my colleagues in person. We get together at least once a year, um, some of them more, more frequently than that, but I frequent a lot of different conferences for the reason of relationships. And as I talk to my marketing coach, my sales coach, they always say, you know, oh, Marie, are you getting the ROI out of these conferences? And I know that's important. I know it's important to come up with strategies that help me get an ROI from those conferences. But a lot of it, especially for us solopreneurs or those who work remotely from home, is the opportunity to connect with people to form and maintain real relationships where we can look forward to connecting with people on virtually in between, but then really get to see them in person every once a year and have that real relationship. So as you move forward into 2019, I hope that you'll stick with us here at Career Confidant to tell us what you want to hear about, what you want to learn about, and what topics we can cover to better serve you. If you have guests that you'd recommend or if you'd like to be a guest feel free to reach out to us and we'd love to help you keep re- your new year's resolution and maybe we can increase the percentage of those new year's resolutions that are kept each year we'll look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on the career confidant and in the meantime you can connect with me at marie m-a-r-i-e at career thought leaders And we look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. 
Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 